This is Mouth Media Network, the business of being heard. Hi, this is Mark Rako, producer of This Show, Beauty is Your Business. We'll be back soon with all new episodes, but this week we thought we'd bring you a previous episode that still has big value. The then senior beauty editor for BuzzFeed offered a look into what it takes for beauty brands to grab the attention of platforms like BuzzFeed what kind of posts perform best, and when they fall flat. And even though our guest is no longer with BuzzFeed, the insights she offers are timeless and super valuable in a moment in which everyone is on a mission to get eyes on their brand. Enjoy this classic episode. Hi, I'm Essence Gant, the senior beauty editor at BuzzFeed. And what I love about beauty is the power that it has to make people feel good about themselves, um, to understand themselves better, to understand other people better, and to just feel seen and visible moving throughout the world. From New York City, you're listening to Beauty Is Your Business, a podcast covering the intersection of business and innovation in the beauty business. Welcome, everyone. I'm Regina Gwen, and I'm here with Abby Wallach. Hi, everyone. And April Franzino. Hi. And now Essence Gant. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. I'm excited. Cool, cool, cool. Well, again, we're really excited about just talking a little bit about BuzzFeed and beauty. Mm -hmm. um, tell us a little bit about what are the key objectives for content um, pertaining to beauty on that channel and where you're seeing, you know, video and its importance with like engagement on across all these channels, really. Yeah. So BuzzFeed is like this huge, huge platform. I don't even feel right calling it a platform. It's like this huge <laughs> being um, uh -huh. <laughs> that I happen to work at. And our beauty content is really special. Um, it's why I chose to go to BuzzFeed. Because our number one priority is not about trends and like, oh, you need this matte and now you need a gloss. And like we talk about all of that because, you know, we love beauty. Mm -hmm. uh, we love cosmetics. But our number one priority is making people feel seen and visible mm -hmm. um, because beauty is one of those industries. Um, it's like an extension of fashion. And for a very long time. These industries have been very, very exclusive yes. and they have been very um, dismissive of certain groups of people. It's been very one dimensional. And so BuzzFeed, it was a trailblazer as far as mainstream media is concerned and making sure that all identities, all voices um, were heard and represented in the beauty narrative. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I in the same way that um, Fenty with Rihanna, like sure. her makeup came out and it was like from the gate, from the beginning, a priority were women of different ethnic identities, women of different body types and body sizes 
um, different hair textures, hair lengths. It was so, so diverse. Mm -hmm. And it was just like that from the beginning. It wasn't trying to play catch up when diversity became trendy. It made diversity a priority from the beginning. And that's how BuzzFeed has approached its beauty content. And I think that that is why it has done so well, Mm -hmm. Um, especially with video. Like video is one of our hugest, if not the hugest kind of like mediums and how we communicate with our audiences. And we don't really use models. Like we don't hire mm. models for agencies. From from agencies, we use each other. So mm. that's why in the videos, it's literally girls and I don't even want to say girls. People of all gender identities, you know, in the videos because there are literally people who I sit next to every single day. So it's just like fellow BuzzFeed employees yep. mm-hmm. get in front of the camera and start talking about yeah whatever, talking about whatever, and okay. then people begin to know us and trust us because if I go to an agency and I'm like, oh, you know, try this new highlighter, well. It's going to look good on a model who that's literally her job is to look good, which is, you know, great. Not taking anything away from that. But that is such a very, very small reflection of the population. So most people can't look at that model and get an actual accurate idea of what that product or Mm. that clothing, whatever, would look like on themselves. So we try to be, you know, very, very broad. And I think that's benefited us. Real beauty, real people, yeah, real talk. So, what do what do you think? Um, what do does your audience come to you for? What are they looking for? You know, you're using mm-hmm. your um, community. You're using the experts within BuzzFeed as the right. editors mm-hmm. in beauty. What is your audience seeking, and and how has it translated to expand your numbers in the business? Yeah, I think our audience is really just seeking authenticity. Like, that's what they want. And um, we just tell them straight, if there is a product, it doesn't matter how trendy it is and how big of a craze, you know, that's like circulating around it. If we don't like it, we don't like it. And we tell you, oh, this didn't really work for me. Or this product is great, but this is the highest they go as far as, you know, foundation ranges. We're just very, very honest. Mm. And I think that that's really just what they come to us for because they know they're going to get like an unbiased, a real opinion. You know, we're not being paid to favor a brand or to Mm. say like it's just like, yeah, you know, we love your product, but this didn't come in a diverse enough you know, range or or whatever the case is. Um, I think it's just the honesty, really. Mm. And humor. I'm sorry. We try to be funny and everything. So like the humor, people like to feel good. So we try to, that's like one of our values actually in our content. It's like to be funny, you know, and. Yeah. So you're entertaining them too. Yeah. (laughs) You know. What are the topics that resonate most? Um, Makeup, hair, skin, something else? Is it, are there ones that are always sort of are popular and rise above the rest? Um, I wouldn't necessarily make, if I had to pick one, it would probably, probably be makeup. Mm. Um, but they're all kind of neck and neck. I think that what tends to perform the best is, um, anything that like really 
that we really love and that we feel like really lives up to the hype. Mm. So if it's if it's hair products that really, really live up to the hype, that's going to perform well. If it's makeup that really, really lives up to the hype, mm. that'll perform well. Um, but, I mean, if I just had to pick one, I would say makeup. But, it, but any of those, like, basic kind of, like, beauty... What at verticals like makeup, skincare, hair care? I feel like they're all kind of neck and neck. What's maybe one of the most like popular stories, like one that just kind of pops out in your mind around some sort of craze with makeup or hair? Um, what? OMG. Um, probably just weird, really weird things that nobody ever does um, except for, like, maybe one person with a YouTube channel in Wisconsin. I don't know. Like, so when the girl did, there was a, a an influencer and she did, like, the beauty blender hack and she used an old sock. Mm. Or, like, someone and then someone else did something and they were, like, using an egg. Like, those yes. things, because it's just so ridiculous. Yes. Um, so those things always perform super well. If it's um, can we talk about products or sure. okay? Sure, I didn't yeah. okay. So yeah. if it's a product that really solves a problem that does cr- like super crazy well. So I did a review for a very long time. I was like a committed bikini waxer mm. um, because I'm just like. I don't want to, it's just too many complications and too much preparation that goes along with shaving your bikini line. So I was like, I'll just go to get it waxed. And that's what I was doing. And then a product called Bevel came out, Mm. which is a razor that was marketed to men. Like, you know, it's supposed to like for a very clean shave. Yeah. No razor bumps, no irritation. So... For the content, I was like, I'm going to put my life on the line. Stop getting Risk it all. Yeah, risk it all and try this razor. And I was convinced that it would not work. I'm Mm. like, there's no way. And then different hair textures are coarser. So I have a coarse hair texture. So I was like, this is going to be a disaster. But I'll do it for the people. And (laughs) I did it. (laughs) I did it. And I, that was, oh my God. I did that story in maybe 2016. I've gotten waxed maybe like twice since then, only when I'm going to the beach and my bikini is like super, super revealing, like Mm -hmm. it's super, super. And I just am like, okay, I need nothing down there whatsoever. Then I'll get a wax. But other than that, I just use that bevel and Mm -hmm. there has been no irritation, no ingrowns. And it's been like two years. And that story to this day, that story just like. Because of your honesty. Yeah. Yeah. And because the product works. And the product right. works. So it's you a thing like living up to the hype. Exactly. Generally, mm-hmm. do stories about products perform better than ones about styles or, you know, tips and advice and that sort of thing? Or do they sort of, are they sort of neck and neck too? They're pretty neck and neck. It all depends on like the angle and the frame. Um, Products do really well because people love to buy stuff. Like, <laughs> I feel like just the lifestyle audience in general, mm-hmm. like, that's what it, like, beauty not like, you know, it's a consumer audience. Um, so products obviously do very well. But also um, tricks and tips. So, like, hacks, mm-hmm. easier ways to do things, uh, ways to save time on things, anything like that. Um, also does super super well a lot of diy yeah a yeah. lot of diy um but it has to make sense mm. so like i would say 
if it's because you know some DIY, it's like oh, you know, you can make your own whatever. But it's like, girl, by the time I make that, I could have went to Sephora and bought it, or like two dollars. By the time you buy all the individual products, you spend more than what the actual product. That's true. So it just depends on what the DIY is. If it's something really cool, like a DIY vanity, or you know, for like a very small apartment that will obviously do very well. Actually, I don't even know if we've done that, but we should. That will kill if it's like how I make my whole entire skincare, whatever, unless it's solving a problem. Like if somebody has a very sensitive skin condition and it's the only thing they can use and then other people can relate to that, that would perform well for that audience. But in general, not really because it's just too much work. Awesome. So Essence, tell us a little bit of more about your journey and how you landed in this position to be this authority to so many people on beauty. Um, journey is the right word, girlfriend, (laughs) let me tell you, because it has been one. Um, so I'm from Georgia and well, born in Virginia, but my dad retired in Georgia. Anyway, so I basically grew up in Georgia and I went to undergrad at Albany State. Um, shouts out to my HBCU family. So I went to undergrad at Albany State and I majored in social work and Mm -hmm. I was like, you know, this is going to make so much sense because I'm just like naturally an advocate. Um, my family was very big on like outreach and community service. I'm like, yeah, like this makes sense. This is my path. And then I started like interning in undergrad. And my last internship was at a child advocacy center. And I was like, oh, I'm not like emotionally cut out for this. Mm. Um, and to the point where my hair thinned out, mm. um, I lost weight. Um, I was like, it was really, really bad. And social work is one of those professions, which to this day, I have the utmost respect for social workers Mm. because like you think you've heard the worst possible thing someone can go through, especially if you work with children or elderly people, people who are super, super vulnerable. And then you go into work or your internship the next day and something is like worse than that. And it's, it's so emotionally draining. And I was like, I love the idea of advocacy, but I can't do it this way. And um, then I went to grad school at SUNY Albany Upstate for social work, knowing I wasn't going to pursue a career in social work. But I was like, you know, at this point I knew, I was like, I want to work in media some kind of way in entertainment. Um, And my plan was, okay, I'm going to graduate. I'm going to move to New York and I'm going to like work at a really upscale restaurant and meet famous people. And somebody's going to discover me and like (laughs) give me a job at a magazine or something. That was literally my plan. And I was like, my parents are going to be like, girl no so I was like oh I'm going for grad school because parents can't say no to education so I um oh and how I decided on New York uh rewind a little bit I was in aerobics class my senior year of undergrad and I was driving home from aerobics aerobics class and Jay-Z and Alicia Keys Empire State of Mind came on the Mm -hmm. radio and there's this line and Jay-Z is like if you can make it here you can make it anywhere and I was like oh I should go there to see if I can make it you know so that's how I chose New York anyway so I went to New York for grad school and I was like um I'm just going to spend this time. My program was only a year. It's like I'm going to spend this time to really network um, and travel to and from, like, Manhattan and try to network because going to NYU was, like, way too expensive. So that's why I chose Albany. So 
It's like I'm going to network, get my way into the industry because I've always loved beauty and, and style. I've always loved media and entertainment, but I didn't like the lack of representation and how it was so, again, like very one dimensional. And so I was like, I can be an advocate in that sense and show girls who've never seen themselves represented, um, you know, themselves, like a reflection of themselves. And so I was networking and networking, and I met a girl who was a blogger and also like a writer on reality TV shows. And I met her at an event um, one day when I went to the city instead of going to class, And <laughs> she, which I don't advise to the youth if you're young. Okay, so... And I met her and I was like, hey, like, let me be your intern. And she was like, do you have time because you're like in school and you have an internship? I was like, girl, I got you. Like, it's a piece of cake. I was so struggling, but I don't want her to know. So <laughs> I was her intern. She was like, OK, great, because Fashion Week is coming up and I don't want to go. So can you go? And I was like, can I go? Like, I will <laughs> I will literally sleep outside of the door. So. I went um, to Fashion Week. That was, like, my first assignment for her. And I was just writing for her for, like, you know, my last semester and all of that. And then when I was about to graduate, I didn't have anything lined up. And I knew, I was like, I do not want to go into social work. And um, I also didn't want to go back home. And maybe, like, two weeks or so before I was about to graduate, she called me and she was like, hey, the editor-in-chief of Hyper is looking for an editorial assistant. And I was like, yes, like, I will do it. And for those who don't know, Hyper is a black woman's hair magazine. It may have been around before I was born. I don't know. I'm 31 now. I feel like it's been around my whole entire life. Long it's, time. It has to be like 30-something years. And it's like in every black hair salon you will ever go into. Um, and if they don't have it, don't get your hair done there. Because that means, that means they are not legit. So um, I, you know, met with the editor-in-chief, Adrian Moore, on like a Saturday. I came into, actually, I met her in Jersey because she lives in Jersey. And I was like, I'll meet you, you know, whatever. And so I met her on a Saturday, like a little bit before I graduated, maybe. And then she gave me the job. And two days after I graduated, I started working there. So that was how I got my foot into the industry. I had no background. And then from there, I worked at Black Enterprise, which is a business magazine. And um, it was cool. I learned a lot. But business is not really, like, in that sense, I was always writing about, like, business as it related to beauty so like interviewing like women CEOs of beauty companies and they were like okay you gotta chill this is all you write about and I was like well it's all I care about so I did that for a few months and then um I went to a networking event for actually a bridal magazine and nothing came of that but I met a girl there who was also trying to network and find a job and we stayed in touch and maybe like a month later she was like hey I was just on BuzzFeed looking for jobs and they're hiring for a beauty editor it so sounds like you and I applied, and I got the job. Wow. That was a long story. I'm so sorry. It's <laughs> a good story. It's a, a great story. I mean, the hustle is real. The you hustle know? is oh, yeah. real. The theme, what? The theme of, of the day is, you know, hashtag hustle is real because, I like it. you know, particularly in beauty and for women of color, you know, it's a very, it is, there is a lack of, of representation. Mm-hmm. Um and, you know, finding your way and being ready when the opportunities present themselves For sure. is, you know, half the battle, if, if, if not really all the battle mm-hmm. once once you once you get that that chance. So, um, you know, just congrats to you. You know, I Thank applaud. You. you know, we always um, are hearing 
about the changes that are happening in mm-hmm. beauty and how um, you know more people that come from different backgrounds tell really interesting stories. Mm-hmm. And so given that we're in a place where social media allows for all these stories to happen, it's great to have um, you know have a place where the stories are being funneled through um, with authenticity and with credibility. And showing, you know, showing young people and showing everyone that, you know, I can I can be my story is being told, too. Right. Cool. Um, So coming up, we will um, get into something that our uh, guests do all the time, which is bring us a snack. So we're really excited about that. Um, And coming up, you'll also hear more from Essence as we talk about BuzzFeed and talk a little bit more about the technological innovations that are happening within the company. Most of our guests, when they come to the show, they have this awesome snack. So what did you bring for us today? Okay, so this is a lot of pressure. I wouldn't call it (laughs) awesome, but I do have a snack and I eat these literally every single day. I kid you not, but they are kind bars. Um, today's flavor is coconut chocolate chip. This is what I've been eating these like maybe like a week or so. This flavor, um, the week before I was eating the peanut butter flavor, but I literally, so I'm always at my desk and, um, we keep these in the office and I always am like, you know, you're at your desk, you're working, and then you're like, oh, shoot, it's like 2 o'clock, and I haven't eaten yet, which is like me all the time, which is not good. I need to work on it. So I'll go downstairs, and I'll just like kind of eat these to carry me over until I leave at like 3 or order something at 3 to eat. So, But I really like them because they make me full. They taste really good. Um, They're kind of marketed to be healthy. I, however, do not think they're healthy at all Um, because it just... You know, you when you eat healthy stuff, you feel it. This doesn't feel healthy, but it tastes good. And that's kind of my priority. Sounds good. (laughs) Okay. Love it. So let's dig in and we'll be right back. Trial. I'm Jessica Quick of Buzz Beauty. And I am with Denise Dente today. Hi, Jessica. What are we buzzing about this week? Trial, Denise. Specifically, how to do trial or sampling today. We know consumers want to try before they buy. They really do, and it makes total sense. And brands also want their target audience to get the product. Once they have it in their hands, they know they're going to fall in love and want to make that purchase. I know exactly where you're going with this. It really is important to trial product and let the consumer sample it. But it's really important that we have a target audience that we're going after, the ones that we really want to buy it. With so many purchases online, helping consumers figure out what to buy is paramount. And we actually have a couple of great solutions that we've been implementing with brands that we work with. Oh, you're talking about the paid trial program that we've been implementing. Love that one. And it's getting such great results. That's where we are taking the consumer and having them buy the $10 deluxe sample kit. And then when they receive the sample packet, they actually get a product promotion code and they get that $10 back towards the purchase of full-size product. It's working really great. It's a great one for brands that also have a lot of options. So if you have lip colors or fragrance or foundation shades, as an example, 
consumers want to be able to try, find the one that they want, and then the ability to redeem it with that credit allows them to be able to get exactly what they want. Another one I was thinking of was our brand buddy system. It's our internal word, but where you partner up with another like-minded brand that has that same target audience, and then you slip a sample into their shipments heading out to their customers. It's a great value add for your buddy brand because while that shipment's going, that customer gets some additional great samples, but you also get in the hands of some new customers that maybe would not have found you. And really important to add that credit voucher because that does incentivize the consumer to pop online and actually go and buy the product. Oh yeah, great add-on. If you're looking for more marketing or sales ideas, or you want the steps to success for the programs that we talked about today, come follow us on LinkedIn at BuzzBeauty, or check out our blogs on our diary page at BuzzBeauty, B-E-A-U-T-E.com. Essence. Yes. Where do you see content going for BuzzFeed, particularly with the, within the beauty space? Well, great question. <laughs> I, we, we, we literally just launched a women's lifestyle platform in March. So before, you know, BuzzFeed, and we still have like quite a bit of different like verticals, mm. um, you know, a bunch of different brands within BuzzFeed. As far as beauty and style were, we had, oh my gosh, I don't maybe like five. So there was like BuzzFeed Style, which also included like beauty. And then there was Top Knot and there was Boldly. And there was, I know I'm forgetting some. I can't remember them all. And so in March, we were like, we need to just have one brand for all of the because we're all you know doing the same content we all work together we all have the same values as far as you know how beauty should be covered and so we launched a platform called as is because we accept yeah. you as you are mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that uh, cute. <laughs> I like that and um so we had this you know long long brainstorm that lasted I don't know months and months and months and um you know, we launched As Is in March, and so we have the As Is YouTube, which used to be Boldly, um, but now it's As Is. Um, we have As Is the website, so and you can still get to it if you go on BuzzFeed at the top. You can click As Is, or you can just go directly to As Is. I believe it's As Is.co. Um, and we have, like, you know, the As Is Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, all of that, and I think as far as the future is concerned, you know, this was such a crucial step for us um, because we really want to make women's lifestyle a, a ma- like a major priority and make, you know, that audience kind of give it its own space and its own platform and just safe place to talk about everything, you know, related to like the woman's experience. So yes, that's beauty, you know, when you think about like lipstick and skincare and hair care, but also like beauty as it relates to culture, beauty as it relates to privilege, Um, you know, so I think that's definitely where we're headed. It's just a very, um, or like a a, a much more thoughtful conversation mm. around beauty. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Is it also more incorporating lifestyle? Yes. Yeah, we're incorporating more lifestyle um, for sure. So sort of in this new vertical and also in general, 
in terms of Buzz, BuzzFeed's beauty content, like what's a what's the lens that you look at products and what you're pitched through? Like what is sort of like decides between what, you know, gets your attention and can be considered for something and not? Because I think as an editor, obviously over a certain period of time, it almost becomes instinctual and you kind of say, okay, no, yes, no, maybe. And it's sort of like that, right. like mental filing system. Like how does that work for you? Yeah, it's, um, I mean, you know, because you get pitches all day, every day as well. So you, you like, over time, you get so good at it. Like, you get so quick, and you're like, this will work for us, this won't work for us. Um, I think, for one, like, does, if it's a product, like, does it work? You know, if it has big, bold claims, like, okay, let's try it out, does it work? But also, who is it for? You know, you say you're for everyone. Can I see that in your in your advertising? Do I see that in your billboards, like, you know, um, in your campaigns? Even if even if you carry, like, for instance, I feel like, you know, foundation is just such a good one to go to because that's been a very um, complicated subject within the, within the beauty space. But so even if you carry a huge shade range of foundations, do you carry them in all stores or do can I only find my foundation range as a dark skinned woman of color in certain communities we Mm. did a project when oh my gosh it had to be I think it was like 2016 maybe a year after I started and we you know we're trying different drugstore brands and um higher end brands as well and just kind of comparing and it was a quite maybe like five of us and you know different complexions and Myself and another woman of color who is actually maybe a few shades lighter than me, every store we went to in Manhattan, we could not find our foundation shade. And we knew those. I mean, obviously, we know the brands that carry our shade. So we were like, but we know they carry our shade, but they did not have them in those locations Mm. because, I don't know, someone told them women of color don't live everywhere. I don't know. So, like, we could only find our shades and, like, Brooklyn or, you know, communities that were not Manhattan, which was very frustrating. Um, So that's also something that we can consider. Like, if you say you're for everybody, do you market to everybody? Do you make it convenient for everybody? Um, We also look at um, kind of just, I don't want to say compelling is not the right word, but like what's special about your product or what's special about your brand? Because we've seen it all. We've heard it all. Like, how does it stick out from the rest? If if it's, you know, I've covered brands that were super, super indie that nobody has ever heard of. I came across a soap that was from, um, I want to say that family may have lived in Virginia. I'm not sure. It was like, you know, very like kind of small town, um, small family business. I found this, the the business, by the way, is called Mule, M-U-L-E, Hell, H-E-L-L, Trading Company. And it's like this organic, you know, lotion and soap and all of those kind of um, products. And I found this soap at my sister's salon in Georgia because she was carrying it there for whatever reason. And I was like, oh, cool, I'll use it. And I fell in love with the soap. So I wrote about it. And then my mom started using it, and the lady and my mom actually now, like, are cool, which is weird. She's like, oh, yeah, she texted me the other day. I'm like, what? This is like, <laughs> y'all need to respect boundaries. BFFs. Right. <laughs> but um, 
she texted my mom and she was like, oh my gosh, like, so grateful for Essence's article. Like, we've been in this business for years and years and years. Now we have customers literally all over the world. We were able to buy, like, a new property. Oh, that's That's so nice. That's a great story. It was insane. That's awesome. Yeah. And, you know, women-owned business. Yeah. um, Love that. Yeah. So... That was a that was a case of just like oh this you know small indie brand and no it doesn't come in this fancy packaging and you know it's not necessarily Instagrammable but it works and right. it's really really good mm. um, and it's organic so um, getting yeah. on the radar with product that's relevant mm-hmm. that's credible that works yeah that tells a story mm-hmm. that's different that's special inclusive that's unique, inclusive for sure you know that. All of those things makes good business sense, right? It makes good you know, it's, these sense. aren't things that are necessarily out of the ordinary. It's not right. outlandish to ask no. for them, but you know, it's it is interesting when you're able to discover something and yeah. you know it really does live up to the hype, and then in turn, mm-hmm. you know, is able to be a game changer for for yeah. a business. Has there ever been a time when there was a product that fell flat? Or content that you created that you were surprised that like the engagement wasn't there? That you, you know, you thought this was going to be the story or like the, the product of, you know, the season. And when, when you shared it and when, you know, folks found out about it, they were kind of like, eh. (laughs) Definitely times where stories just fall flat. Okay. As far as products, I can't say I remember a product and I thought it was going to do crazy good and it didn't. Mm -hmm. Um, Because normally I can kind of predict and we're typically kind of spot on. I can't remember that happening to a product, but as far as stories are concerned, mm-hmm. all the time, like, mm-hmm. like, oh, this is definitely going viral. And then we're like, what? 10,000 views, what happened? <laughs> like, it, you know, it just doesn't pick up. Um, and that happens often. Um, I recently did a story on um, this woman. She, you know, had a... A, a cosmetic surgery. She had, she went in for a Brazilian butt lift and she didn't make it through. She actually, uh, yeah, died oh during goodness. the during the operation. And it did well. Like it did. It definitely did well. I'm sure if like, especially like other outlets heard the numbers, they would be like, "Oh my god, that's crazy. That did amazing." But for us, right. I was like, "Oh, I just knew this was gonna get like two million views," mm. and it didn't. Um, so there are definitely times like that where you just, you know, mm. you think you've got the audience nailed. And you're like, "Oh, this is gonna kill." They're definitely gonna care about this, and they're like, "Actually, we kind of don't." <laughs> I think it also though depends what's going on in the world yes. at the moment because you can, you know, something might happen and then mm-hmm. everyone scoops it because yeah. that's and then the algorithms things change around. So sometimes yes. it's not. It may not even be it's being seen yes. as much, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. I think the timing the, comes into it. So yeah, much. timing is everything, and especially right now, like there's so much there's happening, so, so much going on. Too much going on. Like you know, crazy. it's a noisy, it's no, like every single day. And you know, I respect everyone's politics, but because of the current climate, it's just always something. I'm like. Did he tweet something again today? This is why my story is not doing well. Like, you know, and right. it's just... And, getting and in the way. He's in the get, way. You know, he's always in the in way. way. Always in the way. I don't in know the what way. time when I'm like, you're messing with my traffic, dude. Like, calm down. Put your phone down. Yeah. So, uh, you know, we have that. To, and, and because BuzzFeed is not just 
uh, women's lifestyle, we have news and, you know, mm, our right. news platform is huge. So we're all coming out of the same outlet and being promoted on the same platform. So if we have a story, no matter how great it is and how viral it may have went on one day, if you know, the president tweeted something crazy or whatever, then we have to compete with that because BuzzFeed is also covering that. So what are the stories that you love to tell? Ooh, I, to be quite honest, the stories that I love to tell have so little to do with beauty and the way that people may think about it. Um, So it's not really about products. I do love products, but it's not really about products or brands or trends or celebrities. Um, Normally, it's like kind of how beauty and culture intersect. Mm. So I did a post or a story. We call them posts at BuzzFeed. But I did a a story uh, two years ago. Literally, I went to this festival called Afropunk um, in Brooklyn. And there's always like every year certain like mainstream magazines come out with these like people's most beautiful list. And so and they're always like celebrities and they're normally like white American celebrities. Um, Very thin. Like it's like definitely a look. So I was like, let's just do like our version. And I went to Afropunk and I literally just took pictures of regular everyday people at Afropunk. And the the post was 19 photos of the world's most beautiful people. That I was, I literally just thought people, it would maybe get one, like maybe like 10,000 views. It got like a million views. It was insane. And it's literally just photos of everyday people, not celebrities, everyday people, all people of color, um, all body types and sizes, hair textures, complexions, just a whole bunch of different people being represented. And those are the kinds of stories that I love, love, love Mm. um, to tell because representation is honestly why I got into beauty. No, absolutely. I mean, I've I've also attended Afropunk. There are some beautiful people. It's insane. There, um, I'm like, with, why do you look like that? Right. Like yeah. you just wanna <laughs> like, you, you really rethink your <laughs> life. You yeah, <laughs> right. I just, like, I clearly am not doing enough with my life because right. there are women that look like I don't know. I think it's natural. It it, it has is. to be I saw that. I re- remember that. I used to shoot cool people on the street for years. Ooh. And it was all about the trendsetter and we would mm-hmm. run after the fabulous right. woman whomever she was right. and it was the hair that yes. stopped us yes. and yeah. it was just the stories that we would get oh, were yeah. just off women the that are like 55 years old and they look 20 you know it's insane it's, a, it's an instinctual style right. it's yeah. true personal style it really is and that's uh, I, I love that's personal you, yeah. style. Like, me I too I'm with you so girl much. that's like I love that mm-hmm. again it, it just it definitely resonates and people can just they you can see it you know you, yeah you, you, know, you don't know what it is, but you know you it know when you it. see it. Mm-hmm. That's right. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why, you know, the, the article just over a million views is yeah. awesome. So now we're going to get into a little bit of the personal side of Essence. Uh, coming up, we will spin the salon chair and okay. we'll uh, take a different track. Have you taken a look at StoryDot yet? Every brand and every product has a story to tell, and you can't successfully sell that brand or product without telling the story. StoryDot delivers your story wherever you want it to be heard. You can meet your customers at 
each point in their journey, connecting the dots between your business and the consumer to enhance engagement, experience, and conversion. I encourage you to take a look at StoryDot at StoryDot.com. That's S-T-O-R-I-D-O-T.com. And now it's hitting the pan. Okay. So we're now at the part of our conversation where we hit the pan. Um, hitting the pan is when you have your favorite makeup, your favorite eyeshadow, and you've used it so much that you can see the metal part and you're still scraping the last little bit of color out of it because you just love it so, so much. Um, so we hit the pan with all of our guests because we really appreciate your time and we want to learn more about what is that thing that you love. So in order to decide who goes first amongst our co-hosts, we spin the salon chair and whoever it lands on goes first. So let's take a spin. And it lands on April. All right. So Essence, I can't help but notice your amazing earrings and nails. They're yes. super bold and stand out. So what is the one accessory that you love that you feel is like so true to who you are that you couldn't live without? Oh my gosh, ear, big earrings. Like okay. big that like I have on these three-dimensional square, I don't know, geometric wonders right now. Um <laughs> geometric wonders. Uh from um uh actually I want to say she may be based in Brooklyn. I'm not sure. It's Beads by Ari, B E A D S by Ari A R E E. And um she found me on Instagram. And well, I've I've actually featured her brands quite a few times on BuzzFeed, and so she was scrolling on my Instagram, and she's like, "I saw that you're always wearing big hoops, which I am, like all the time." And she's like, "So I made you some earrings," and she sent me like a package of all these cool, crazy, huge earrings. Um, but yeah, like big earrings, big hoops, like I I cannot live without them. I love it. Love <laughs> it. And we'll spin the salon chair again, and it falls on. Me. So, Essence, um, we've been talking a lot about beauty, technology. What is the one uh, app that you can't live without on your phone? Oh, I'm... Oh, that's so hard. Okay, it's between Uber and Instagram. Mm. So, I don't believe in, like walking in the <laughs> rain or like and okay so I live in Jersey and I take you know New Jersey trans and my commute is like 30 minutes into Penn Station and normally you know I just walk to work um it's like a 20 minute walk it's like you know good way to like clear my head before I get into the office but if it's like too cold or like super rainy I just pull out that handy dandy Uber app and, you know, let someone take me to my destination. Because I also, because I'm a Southern girl and because I live in Jersey, I'm not really used to, like, the subway. So I can take it, but it's, like, it has to be so far and I just don't want to pay the price. But if I can get a ride for, like, $10, I'll suck it up. Because um, I'm not a big fan of the subway. And Instagram, because, like, I just love it. It's pretty. <laughs> <laughs> Done. And last but not least, the spin of the salon chair lands on Abby. 
So tell us a little bit about the personal style, the essence of your personal style. I see what you did there, and I am here for it, just so you know. Very <laughs> Go, <clever>. girl. Go. <laughs> yeah. Um, my personal style is very it, – it varies. So, like, there are some days I'm super, super, like, stereotypically girly, like, feminine, like, pink and frilly and lacy. Um, and then there are some days where I'm, you know, like, a little bit more edgy – it just kind of honestly depends on like my mood. For a very long time, I didn't wear sneakers. Now I wear sneakers. I love Converse. Um, yeah, it just depends. I like right now my nails are like super blinged out with stones everywhere. Cardi B's nail artists actually did them. Um, it's for a story. Say, I was wow. Ask you if she did. <laughs> wow. Like, that looks like her. Yeah. You need your hands right <laughs> on. Like, <laughs> yeah. So, um, how you long know, did that take? Like two hours. Um, yeah, so, it's and, wild. you know, a lot of times my nails are just regular and short, but, you know, I was just like, let's do something fun and whatever. So, it, I'm a very, like, kind of, I, I do a lot of, th- which I probably shouldn't say this, um, but, because I don't want people to think this is how I, like, operate. But, like, I'm a very, like, kind of, like, how I feel person. So, like, a lot of my decisions are, like, emotion-based, but not important decisions. <laughs> just, like style and like how do I want to do my hair today how do I want to you know right now my hair is straight normally it's like a big afro it just kind of it's just like whatever like how do I feel and and however I feel for that day is my personal style (laughs) which is a very vague answer love it love it but it's yours yeah it's mine that's all that that's all that matters Essence, do you have any final thoughts for us? Any thoughts about your career, your experiences, you know, throughout your career, not only at BuzzFeed? Any final thoughts you want to share with our listeners? Um, Let me see. I would say that for first, like for anyone hustling, um, grinding it out, trying to make a career in beauty, not even just in beauty, um, I work in beauty, so it's like I know that struggle, but I feel like pursuing your dreams is always a struggle, and it's a lot of risk involved, and um, there are days you just cry, because I definitely had my days where I just literally cried and ate beans, because that's all I could afford. Um, I would say to just, it sounds so cliche, but keep at it, and um, and what helps me a lot is I try to keep everything in perspective and I try to do a lot of reflection. So, you know, things are great right now. I love where I'm at and everything is great. Um, but things weren't always great. And at those moments where I was just like really low and super exhausted because hustling makes you very, very exhausted. I try to, I would try to reflect on where I was like a year ago or six months ago because if you can remember like where you were and you kind of like oh okay I'm not in the you know the most ideal situation now but like you know three months ago I was here or I couldn't afford this and now I can or like you know it just kind of helps you to stay motivated um to keep going so I think like reflection and perspective is super super important when pursuing a career and also just staying authentic to who you are, especially in spaces like beauty and fashion. Um, 
because it's a very fine line and certain industries can get very, very shallow. I mean, it is a shallow industry, you know, whatever. I own it. But um, I think if you can stay true to your essence, if you will, um, it'll help you to not feel so like kind of drained from everything and and kind of emotionally exhausted. So um, there are going to be certain trends and there will be certain whatever, like rules. Beauty has a lot of rules. Like you can't do this. You can't wear that. Like if you want to wear white after Labor Day, sis, do you? If you want to wear bright lipstick, you know, you hear all the time, like women of certain complexions can't wear this shade of lipstick. If that's what you want to wear, wear it. And I think just kind of like the more that you're comfortable in who you are and the more that you allow yourself to be the authority of yourself and not a woman's magazine or outlet, not a beauty editor like myself, like the more that you take ownership of who you are and how you want to navigate through the world, I think it's just the healthier for your sanity and your peace of mind well said <laughs> beautiful um how can uh, our listeners get in, in touch with you um the best way is probably via instagram because i'm horrible at checking everything else <laughs> so um you can find me on instagram my handle is the t-h-e essence e-s-s-e-n-c-e of underscore and yeah, you can find me on there and I respond to DMs and stuff all the time. Sounds good. Well, Essence, thank you so much for joining us. We've had a great time talking about all things beauty. Thank you to the audience. Really appreciate you guys hanging out with us. Thank you to my co-hosts uh, for Abby Wallach. Great to be here. And April Franzino. Thanks for having me. I'm Regina Gwen, and it's been real, it's been fun, and it's been real fun. This has been Beauty Is Your Business. To suggest guests or content for the show, or to become a sponsor, email us at podcast at beautyisyourbusiness.com. Keep up with the show on social media at Beauty Biz Show. That's Beauty B-I-Z Show. Episodes available on iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play, along with our website, beautyisyourbusiness.com. Produced by Mouth Media Network. Copyright 2017. All rights reserved. No portion of the episode may be distributed or published without the express written permission of the producers. Thank you for listening. This is Mouth Media Network, covering the business of lifestyle.